and we're recording. Steve, man, I'm so glad and excited that you're able to come on the podcast, man. Thanks for being on here. Well, thanks for inviting me. Uh, being new to the area, uh, it's an opportunity for me to get to know you and get to know other parts of Dothan and tell our story. So thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, let's dive right into it, man. Your story, like, who who are you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I am a sports entrepreneur, business mm-hmm. entrepreneur. I'm a major sports fan. Uh, since I've been young, I've been all about sports. I wanted to play sports. I did play sports. I played all of them. But I knew early on that I wanted to go into sports as a career, and I've, I've followed my dreams for the last 30 years. And so tell me, what what is your experience with owning teams and being a part of um, teams on, like, the ownership and the administrative side? You know, when I was coming up through um, – really the administrative side and, and marketing executive side of the business when I wasn't paying the bills, I was just getting paid to do, and you know, bring people in the buildings, right. sell sponsorship, uh, loved it. Uh, just felt that, you know, I had some, something to say about how things were run that I wanted to run my own ship. And, uh, you know, they say, be careful what you wish for. You <laughs> just might get it. Yeah. And so ownership has been, it's been amazing. It's been an unbelievable experience. When you get into it, uh, there's a lot to it, you know, and there's a lot of risk to it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of reward to it. Right. So, you know, in my career, I've had some amazing highs, uh, and I've had some lows. I mean, when you're when you're building new things, not everything works, mm-hmm. you know. And but when they work, and they're successful, like for example, over the last thirty years, I've won twelve championships in the different teams that I've owned. Wow. You know, winning one. You know, people have been in this business for 30 years and never win one. Right. You know, I've been part of 12 mm-hmm. and in different sports. So I've learned how to put together winning organizations in different sports because the winning equation is very similar. doesn't matter what sport you're playing. You know, and uh, we've had some, some tough lows where, uh, you know, we've lost. You know, we won 12 championships, but I was in the finals probably eight other times. Oh, wow. You know, okay. And so, uh, so I think you'll see a, a little – background with me is i'm a competitor mm-hmm. and uh if i'm going to bring a team to dothan you know our goal is to win you know our goal is to win our, and develop young players and so winning uh, my gosh the thrill of winning is something that you share with that group of people on the field on the ice in the office you know 20 years later that bond is still as tight as the night you won that championship and then you know i've had um you know, losses. I've had a you know a couple things that didn't work out in my favor. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you care, like I go into, I'm not a a callous owner. I'm not an absentee owner. So if I go in to own something, I move to the community. I'm here. I'm living in Dothan. I moved here seven months ago, whether we were going to do this or not, because I love the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm here to face the fans every day. You know. And so when you're winning, man, is that great? When you're losing, it's tough. Yeah. But. You know, but they'll see me and they'll see my face, and I'll be there at every game because uh, we'll we'll build this together. So it, it's a ownership is. I wouldn't trade it now that I've done it. Had I known before I did it what's all involved in it, <laughs> I'm not sure I would have had the guts to do it. <laughs> yeah, but now enough. I'm in it, and I and I love it, and I love the risk, and I love the reward, and all the pain and the and the fun that goes along with it. So you mentioned a couple of things that I definitely want to dive into. Okay. Um, you know, number one, 
what what teams and what sports were those 12 championships and you know number two what is that like championship dynamic that you just mentioned uh, a little bit ago um so tell me i mean do you know what uh what what sports teams absolutely okay so uh before i took over in ownership i was part of a calder cup championship team in rochester new york that's american hockey league I guess it would be the equivalent of AAA baseball. It's okay. a step right below the NHL. Mm-hmm. And my gosh, it was my hometown team. I grew up following. I ended up buying at one point in time. But as I was like third, fourth year out of college, uh, we won a Calder Cup championship, and I was on top of the world. I was in the locker room when we won. I was in the parade. You know, I was in the plane when they came back with the trophy. That's awesome. You know, and you talk about when you win, you want to win again. Like yeah. It, it's so strong and it's mm-hmm. so powerful. You're like, I, there's no way I don't want to do this again. So that was my first experience with it, other than my own, you know, exploits as a player. Uh, and then I was so fortunate, and you know, I think 1996, I, I had the opportunity to buy, purchase my hometown hockey team, same team, okay, the Rochester Americans. Was this your first team? Uh, first team. Okay. Yeah. 96. Yeah, 96, and that was my hometown team i grew up the rochester americans have been around for about 75 80 years when there was original six hockey teams in the nhl Mm -hmm. rochester was like a seventh or eighth nhl team that was that strong wow so the history and the the colors red white and blue like the flag Mm -hmm. uh, outside of the national hockey league the americans have just an outstanding brand that still strong today i'm so proud of it that it's still strong today and so i took over a team that had uh, been failing for three or four years. The fan interest was going down. Uh, I came in to sort of save it, basically. And I made a pledge to the fans that I was going to bring back winning hockey, you know, to Rochester. How how long did it take? One year. No way. (laughs) One year. Very fortunate. A lot of things. How close were you guys before? So, wait, I'm sorry. Were you guys like a last place team? Is that what you said? Last place team the year before. Okay. And what happened was, there's, uh, and and I learned quickly, you know, when I was in the league, uh, in the American Hockey League, there's two types of ways that NHL teams want to develop their players. There's one train of thought that is, I'm going to put all young guys together, going to learn together, and move up to the level uh, together. Big flaw in that thinking is that. You know, you can't learn to win at the major league level. You have to learn how to win at the minor league level. So to be successful and to win, whether it's AAA baseball, and the equation's the same, AAA hockey, AHL hockey, you've got to have bright young kids that are on their way up to the NHL. you got to surround them with six or eight leaders on offense, defense, your captains. And those guys teach those young players how to be pros. They teach them how to conduct themselves on the road. You know, they teach them what to do in tough situations. You can't win without someone next to you that's one to help teach you that. Gotcha. So I went right out. Some of the guys that uh, Buffalo Sabres had had uh, not re-signed that mm-hmm. were great leaders and tough guys and, you know, role players. And I went out and I, I said, I'm bringing hockey back. I'm bringing toughness back. I'm bringing character back. Amherst Pride was our sort of our theme, bring the pride back. Little, My goal was to start the process i didn't really plan on winning in our first year but um but there was so many people excited about what i was doing uh and then buffalo fortunately had drafted some great young players you know uh, to start with so i surrounded them with great leaders and i took some chances on some free agents that 
were just on the edge of getting to the NHL, but they were they were just knocking it out in the American Hockey League. Big scores, big fighters. And guess what? We started the season, a you know, new coach, John, John Tortorella, who is the coach of the Philadelphia Flyers now. Okay. One of the winningest coaches, American coaches in hockey. He was our coach. And uh, it was his first year as the head coach of the American Hockey League. And guess what? The first two months of the season, we were the worst team in the AHL. And the year before, we didn't make the playoffs. So, right. so people are like, oh, great, Steve. You know, what a great start. <laughs> you know, but Tortorella and I, we had a plan. And that, like we're going to build the team block by block. Mm-hmm. And right after Thanksgiving, turned a little bit. And then the second half of the season, we just started going to roll. And we took it all away, you know, in four rounds and, and won the Calder Cup. That's amazing. And it won it at home uh, in game six, you know, with a sellout crowd of like 8,000 people. Wow. In my hometown. And I got to stand on that ice and help them hoist that cup. You know, it brought me to tears, quite honestly, because right. it was a boyhood dream. And then I said, I got to recalibrate my dreams because I've just, <laughs> my first year, <laughs> right. we won the cup here. So we won a little bit of a roll and uh, lost in the finals uh, the year after and um, lost in the finals two years removed. So two out of three years, we, we made it to the finals mm-hmm. and lost. While that was happening, I started a new soccer franchise. Okay. You know, in Rochester. And uh, Rochester hadn't had a new team in probably 40, 50 years. They had baseball and hockey. So I started the Rochester Raging Rhinos, you know, in the USL, which is the same league, a uh, league, a division higher than we're starting here in okay. Dothan. Right. Because in, we're, for Dothan United, we are in the USL 2. Yeah, correct. 2. Okay. Yep. And we'll talk about that in a second because there's a real purpose be why we chose League 2. Okay. Um, and so, so Rochester had a team in the old NASL when Pele and, you know, uh-huh. Canalia came and played. They, it folded, and it had been probably 15 years since they had soccer. And there was a – soccer continued to grow in Rochester. Okay. And so there was a ton of fans that were asking me, Steve, can you bring soccer back? Because we're just not being served. Right. You know? So as a civic thing, I wasn't a really big soccer fan at the time. I am now. But at the time, I, I, I said, I'm going to try this because – uh, you know, our community really wants this, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to be a good community leader and bring this to the table. And it was off-season of hockey, so it gave our employees year-round opportunities to, to work on things. And at the time, that was right when MLS was just starting. Right. And so we were playing in the USL, which was the league right below. And, again, we started, started slow. A great story, though, because uh, the city was building a brand-new baseball stadium, and we hadn't had a new facility probably in Rochester and. 50 years right and uh, we decided to play in the baseball stadium so we're piecing our team together uh it was about february march of that year the baseball team decided not to move into the stadium that summer because it wasn't going to be done until late june or early july yeah you can't start a baseball team and <laughs> no no and in so july when we heard the decision that they were not going to go into the stadium that summer my heart skipped a beat because anytime you get a chance to open a new stadium, yeah, it brings thousands of people out to see you that are there to see the stadium. Right. And that's not about soccer. Right. So here we had now an opportunity to launch a new team mm-hmm. in a brand new stadium and be the first ones to ever play a game in that stadium. So, but our season started before them. We started out in the college stadium at the University of Rochester. 
again, got out to we were, I think, one and six or one and seven <clears throat> before we moved into the new stadium. And then uh, leading up to opening night, gosh, it was just, you know, they're rushing to get the stadium done. We're rushing to, you know, get our team in there. And opening night, we had a crowd of almost 15,000 people to christen this new stadium. We were playing the Montreal Impact, which is now a major league soccer team. Yep. And they were defending champions of uh, the USL when they came in to play us. Okay. And so we had our hands full yeah. <laughs> on opening night. And uh, my partner, who was a very passionate, he's a you know, Greek by descent and just a passionate soccer guy at the time, a lot more passionate than I was. I was just, I was counting the concession dollars and the ticket dollars like, oh my gosh, what a, what a success we are already just getting right. this crowd here. He wanted to win. Yeah. And so, and it's good to have somebody like that on your team. Oh, because you can't cover everything. No, you have from, to have it. You know, like the revenue generation side, the 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 positive feedback from the um, uh, oh my gosh, from the fans. I mean, you can only go it takes a team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with with diverse skills, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's okay. So we're down one nothing in the first half. We go down two nothing in the first half. And uh, we come to halftime. I'll never forget because we're up on the suite level of the stadium. And let me just clarify something yes. really quick. For those people who are listening to this that don't really understand soccer, being down 2-0, that, I mean, go home. That can be insurmountable, that right? That is a very tough uh, road to hoe and try to come back on. Absolutely. But, yeah, so just to kind of put things into perspective, you guys were essentially down by three or four touchdowns. Correct. Okay. Yeah, no, I was like – gloom and doom if you're the soccer guy today right the marketing people were ecstatic and so we were on the suite level of my partner the soccer guy uh chris chris Conimides, and he he literally was looking out towards the parking lot like he was going to jump off the, <laughs> the suite level and uh, take his life i said chris chris come out over here like look like, this is phenomenal for the city and he goes yeah but we're our team you know they'll never come back you know he's worried that they won't come back because right. we're so Let's go down and talk to the guys. You know, just explain to them how you know how, how proud we are, how important this is. We we literally let in the locker room at halftime and just said, guys, got to dig down a little deeper. You know, this is we're going to build a, a franchise about pride. You know, and uh, pride doesn't quit. You know, right. you know we've got to go after this second half, and they did. You know, that's they, awesome. They responded and still two nil. Yeah. Ten minutes left in the game. Ooh. And, but we're pressing. You know, yeah. You could feel it. Like, you know, and the fans want to explode. Just attack after attack after attack. Waves. Yeah. Waves. You know? That's awesome. And uh, with five minutes to go, mm -hmm. you know, we score the equalizer. That's awesome. Dude, I'm excited. <laughs> and man, the, the roof came off the place. It was right. like we were born, you know. Right. It was so, well, no, no matter what happened at that point, it was home run for us. And then we had a, a young player by the name of Doug Miller, who became our leading scorer after for years. Uh, five foot eight, not the biggest guy. Roadrunner speed. Mm -hmm. We're in extra time. Doug Miller scores the winning goal in extra time. Oh my gosh! He takes his shirt off. And yeah. He's running around, you know, just often running around with his shirt around and waving it like a flag, and the yeah. crowd is. Good. And that was the picture that was on the front page of the paper. That is him. awesome. And and the Rochester Rhinos were born, and so uh, we had I think ten games left in the season. Sold out every game at you know, 12,000 fans per game. Uh -huh. We went on a winning tear. So we actually made the playoffs. Okay. Uh, made it to the finals of the playoffs. Okay. First year. First year, lost in the finals. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. But wow, what a way to <laughs> launch mean, yeah. a franchise. What a way to come out. Yeah. I mean, you guys were just coming out swinging. And so, you know, for people who are in sports marketing or marketing in general, wow, we had the stadium. Mm -hmm. you know, we now had a winning 
you know, record going on, and the tickets went or flying off the shelf. So I'd like to say we were right. brilliant, but we were very fortunate. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. And so the Rochester Rhinos, Rhinos, the Rochester Americans, right? Right. Who? So just kind of give us a quick rundown on the other ten championship teams. Okay. So then the the year after that, you know, the Rhinos actually didn't make the playoffs. We had okay. sort of a tough, and we were so determined to win that we went out and you know they say if you can't beat them join them right so the guys that were beating us on the field we signed as free agents so in 1998 it's not a bad strategy you know, we just dominated the league and won our first soccer championship with the Rogers Toronto's in 98 wow and then you know at 97 I also introduced a third team okay to Rochester and it is the Rochester Nighthawks of the National Lacrosse League so it was mm. an indoor lacrosse. Okay. Oh, my God. What a sport. Yeah. What a sport. And I, I, I had a long history with lacrosse. Never I played the game, but I uh, I had a hip injury when I was 14 years old. Okay. I was on crutches for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I was introduced to lacrosse by a Native American friend of mine who actually made me a handmade, handmade stick. That's really cool. Uh, it took I mean, st- they, they have a history, oh. right, with those lacrosse sticks. Essentially, they were using them for hunting, right? Hunting, war war games, basically. That's awesome. You know, and dis- many a dispute were uh, settled by lacrosse sticks back right. then. Yeah, do you still have that lacrosse stick? I do. Do you really? Yeah, I That's sure awesome. Do. That's yep. so cool, man. Oh, yeah. Never forget it. Got me through a tough time. Did it. Okay. So in our, uh, our first year with the Nighthawks, we won the championship. Mm. You know, we had a, a just a great coach, great team. Just so you know, you're really laying the foundation on championship expectations. I know. Because I, you've been <laughs> your first year, you're, you're bringing home a bringing ring. It, so, bringing it. Yeah. So I'm just going to raise the bar, unfortunately, for ourselves. Right? <laughs> and the neat thing was, Rick, was hockey had won a championship, soccer won a championship, lacrosse won a championship. And the guys, you know, we would commingle the get our soccer players out to the lacrosse games, and they were like, you know, trying to carry on the tradition. We want to win the next championship. I mean, we got to carry up our end. We're we're building a winning tradition, you know, in the organization. Right. And so we went on to win four uh, soccer championships. Wow. You know, three lacrosse championships, two Calder Cups, and that's before we went on to you know, other cities. And uh, and one of the championships I'm most proud of, and we'll get a little taste of it here. So, Rick, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the U.S. Open Cup tournament here. I've heard of it, but... Well, it's based... It's a nationwide tournament in soccer. Okay. It's a single elimination tournament. So, you lose once, you're out. Goes on all summer, spring and summer, ends in the fall. It's based on a tournament, an annual tournament in England called the FA Cup, where low-level teams play against premier teams to have a national championship in England. So, this has been going on for probably 50 years here in the United States. Okay. And so, if you can imagine... uh, High-level amateur teams play against themselves to qualify to play fourth division pro teams. If they get by that level, those teams move on to play third division pro teams, mm-hmm. then second division pro teams. And if you get that far, you eventually play major league soccer teams in a one elimination game to see who wins the national championship. And so our Rhinos team, we actually in our first game against an amateur team, we went to extra time wow. and almost lost. But then we started to run the table. Okay. You know, through the third division, through the second division. We ended up playing four major league soccer teams and beat four teams in a row. And on national television, ESPN, we won the U.S. Open Cup National Championship. Amazing. And to this day, you know, only one team, the Rochester Rhinos, has ever 
won that championship that's not a major league soccer team. That is awesome. What year was this? Uh, year 2000. Year 2000. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's cool, man. It was like, uh, I mean, and, and that is something that we, those guys, we're still a unit today. I yeah. Mean, you know, it's like we could have a reunion and, and not see each other for 10 years and we're best, still best friends. You're picking up where you left off. Yeah. And that's every year, awesome. Every year the tournament's going on, the Rhinos come up every year as a story. Uh-huh. And a couple of times teams have made a run you know, heading towards the championship that are not major league. And I'm, I don't know which way I'm cheering. I'm cheering for the underdog for sure. Right. But I don't want to lose our pedestal. <laughs> we're the only ones that's ever done it. So uh, right. at the end of the day, we're, we're proud that we're still the only ones. That's, that's like the ultimate Cinderella story because you're coming down from so low and you're playing these different levels. I mean, I think it's a little bit more, well, I think it's significantly more um, difficult than a Cinderella story in the March madness Um uh, basketball tournaments every year. It, it really is. And so we will, not in our first year, but we will eventually qualify <clears throat> to play in the Open Cup. So we'll bring that experience here to Dothan someday. Right. You know, which is really exciting. That's awesome, man. I'm really excited to, um, I'm really excited. So when you guys, you had mentioned earlier about bringing that like championship dynamic, and I know you mentioned it a little bit in surrounding the team with leaders and winners. But what else do you do, um, whether it's, you know, we can go bullet down day in and day out, yeah. something that some business owners that are listening to this podcast to be able to take back to their teams and their employees to have that quote unquote championship sure. caliber business. Well, I think it all starts with ownership, you know, in any business, it starts with ownership. So ownership, you know, has to set a goal and a standard for what they want to achieve. You got to set a goal. Right. You know, our goal was not just to be a pro soccer team. We mm-hmm. wanted to be a championship level soccer team. And so, you know, we hired people. We gave that vision statement. Uh, so you got to hire quality people around you. You know, you can't win a championship by yourself. I don't know if you're a coach or a team or, or a president. Right. So everywhere I went, I've tried to surround myself with quality people. Then you, you hire a coach that's got the same vision that you did. We had a, a player that retired in Rochester, that was part of the Rochester Lancers, was so proud that bringing soccer back. And he was he was a hardworking, you know, I'm going to go through a brick wall type of players. And that's the type of coach we wanted coaching our players. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the players, just like when you're building a company and you get to your employees, you've got to sign character players. You know, good character players. And it's getting tougher these days because there's a lot of things going on in sports with money. Right. Where it's, you know, characters being challenged in, in a lot of different ways. And so, you, but you have to have it. You have to have character. You have to have guys that respond to adversity and diversity, you know. Uh, so leadership, goal setting, surrounding yourself with like-minded visionary people. Uh, you also have to have role players. Like any championship team that's ever, you know, you take, you know, the – uh, when New England was winning their 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 Super Bowls, mm-hmm. there was guys in, in that team that had to accept roles. They could have been right. stars, you know, on other other teams. So you know, we looked for guys that uh, the guys coming off the bench. I'd rather be a st- I could be a starter on another team. I'm gonna have to come off the bench in the second half here to contribute towards the championship. So finding guys that are willing to accept their role that you're asking them to do uh, is really important to win. So when you take vision. Goals, leadership, character, people, like mind, vision. Uh, then you've got to treat your people right. Right. You know, you got to put them in a comfortable environment. You got to mm-hmm. give them, you know, the best facilities, 
best food, you know, treat them well. You, you go on the road, you go, you go on the road properly. Like, we've already bought a team bus. Awesome. So our guys, you know, we'll have our own coach. We've got video on mm-hmm. that bus. We've got the sound on that bus. We've got yeah. Air conditioning, air hopefully. conditioning, you know, okay. plugins for uh, their their devices. Right. So treating the guys, you know, so they when they come to work, they're worried about focusing on the best thing they can do and play. Right. They're not worried about man, you know, am I going to have uh, air conditioning on our bus? Are we right. going to get there? Yeah. Are we going to eat properly? Take all that off their mind. And when you're doing a day in day out for your players and your your staff, like when we every championship we won. So my, I'll give you a second. My first championship I won in Rochester in hockey, I got a championship ring, but my ring was different mm-hmm. than the ring the players and the coaches got. Okay. And that really bothered me. How was it different? It was a lower lower cost ring. Okay. Same design, but theirs was gold. Ours was silver or silver looking material. And you're the owner at this point? No, I was a marketing director. Oh, okay. You know, okay. But, but they were saying player rings are more important than staff rings. Mm-hmm. So I made a commitment that day in my mind. If I ever win a championship, whatever ring the players get, our entire staff's getting the exact same ring. That's awesome. And that's it, we've done that for every championship, and and the dividends that pays, the, the bond that that makes, yeah, uh, pay, it's expensive. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> I don't doubt it. <laughs> but if you're gonna commit to win, then everyone's got to be part of that winning. And that's something that's done. Is is that standard practice now amongst the it pros? It is. Yeah, it okay. is. You know, there's some teams that still have levels, but. They make that mistake once, you yeah. Know, you know, and when other, when other employees find out what other teams have done, yeah, you, you better do it right, right, you know, or you'll, you don't win very often. Well, because even if you're in the in the administrative side of it, right, you're still making sacrifices to oh be there gosh. at the stadium. Your family is still going without you at home, so you're you can be there at the, the game. Longest hour, other than the coach, you're probably working the longest hours if you're in the staff. Yeah, you know, when the players have gone on after the post game, you're still tearing stuff down and. Right. Uh, so the tremendous amount of sacrifice and, and hard work. And all we're saying is we're in this together. Yeah. We're in it together. That's awesome. Well, what a way to create a great team culture, exactly. you know, yep. especially from like a management standpoint and making sure that your players, your your employees. And again, this all depends on the type of industry that you're in. I think the banking industry will be a lot different from sure. an industry where there's a big sales team that's trying to drive the revenue for the organization, like at a car dealership. Sure where, hey, we just got to treat these guys right and help them out so this way they can do their job and make that sale and generate the revenue. or And feel great about it. Right. You know? Yeah, feeling rewarded. I mean, we're going to be out of our homes and away from our family for at least nine hours a day. Might as well have a place that you're going to that has a really good culture. Yeah, and when you get up in the morning, you feel like you, you got to get in there because you want to contribute. Right. Not like... Oh, I got to go into work today. Oh, yeah. I've got to go and sit in a creaky chair and my boss is not going to be happy. You know, when you wake up in the morning with that thought, you may as well look for a different job because you, know, the, you and the company can't succeed. Right. Right. Wow. That's really interesting. So what type of advice would you give somebody who is um, trying to change the culture around and they just have their business here in Dothan? I think it always starts with leadership. It always starts with the boss. It always starts with the owner. Uh, you know, if you're treating yourself different than you're treating your employees, your employees see it. You know, if you expect them to work late and you're leaving early, the employees see it. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you know, you have to set the culture starting with yourself and your own work ethic. You can't ask someone to do it if you're not willing to do it yourself. Okay. You know? and that's that's number one in my mind. Okay. That's, that's 
great advice. So, Steve, um, I know we touched on it a little bit before, but how in the world, and I was asked this question a bunch because I'm from Southern California, <laughs> how in the world did you end up in Dothan? Such a great question. Did I'll you break to... down here? Is that what happened? <laughs> I think someone else did that brought me here. Oh, but, gotcha. You know, and it's so funny you say that because when uh, Dothan was first brought up to me by a good friend, Stephen Durham, who at the end of the day, he's responsible for us being here. Okay. Uh, and he's a lifelong resident and wants good things for mm-hmm. for Dothan. And, and when he was first talking to me about Dothan, I literally was like, where is Dothan? I, I, you know, it's never showed up on the map in sports anywhere in my mind, in my right. travels. And uh, so he started explaining, he's, well, it's in Alabama. And I was, well, you know, I'm not, Alabama wasn't on my radar, you know. But he said, no, we're right on the Florida border. And, and he started to show me uh, where it was. Okay, well, okay. You know, and then I saw what was around Dothan in sports, and whether it's soccer, whether it's hockey, whether it's baseball. You know, there's a lot of sports around you know, that, uh, you know, because I'm thinking in my mind, well, for in Dothan, who are we going to play? You know, right. uh, what's travel going to be like? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he started to say, please take a look at what's going on in Dothan. You know, uh, look, you know, look what the mayor is doing. Look what the city manager and the commissioners. This is, look at their vision. And I started to watch the city commission meetings, you know, uh, monthly and bimonthly, and started to look, you know, uh, researching the, the city center plan. And I was like, wow, you know, uh, that you know, that really intrigues me, and that, and that goes back to leadership, right? So when right. you have a leadership of a community that has that vision, and I can I can close my eyes and see Mayor Mayor Saliva saying these words, saying, you know, it's time, it's it's our time now, it's time for the next step. Why not now? Why not Dothan? Yeah, and that, that that's a you know that's inspiring. Mm-hmm. So so now that became a little more serious to me, and I started to do. Uh, a lot of research. I'm a big research guy, and uh, and it's funny because uh, there's a good hockey friend of mine. His name is Dave McPherson, and he's been a minor league, uh, you know, knocking around minor league sports for probably 30 years, also. But he was also in big box uh, industry research for many, many years. So I started to talk to him a little bit about Dothan. He goes, and I I was uncertain. I'll put it that way. Maybe even slightly negative nervous you know and said steve i gotta tell you you know don't don't undersell dothan like dothan has got some financial strength right it's a quiet financial strength and he started explaining to me about people driving down to florida through dothan and Mm -hmm. and they're you know uh he goes the he he put together a couple of locations i think for best buy and one other maybe circuit city way back when okay and he said "I, i did a lot of research projected numbers and both stores, the numbers were blown away like times two. He goes, uh, so so there's financial strength there. Yeah, uh, you just got to look at other other factors that make you successful. Don't under don't underestimate Dothan. And that that put a lot. What he's he is a very straightforward guy. This Dave McPherson. So what he's saying, look at Dothan. Look at, and then when you start to look around the country for communities that are growing, that has some financial strength. How many cities are left that have no sports? A lot, you know. Uh, well, I mean, because I look for them, and they're hard, they're harder to find today. Are they? So when you see, well, a, there's got to be a, a nice mix. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see what you're saying. So when you look at Dothan and say, okay, there's no baseball, there's no soccer, there's no hockey, there's no, you know. So you know, being the opportunity to grow the first team to Dothan, and and if it's successful, growing other teams, 
became very intriguing to me. Very intriguing. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would totally agree with you. Um, when we, I've lived in Dothan for over 12 years and I feel like Dothan has so much potential. And I would say maybe in like the last five years, Dothan has really exploded. They've really gone through a good growth spurt in businesses coming in, in um, the type of people who are owning businesses now. And then, you know, the types of businesses that are here, it's a, it's a very interesting fact. And like people kind of talk about it, like it's um, not a badge of honor, but I think it's a good telltale sign where the city of Dothan has the most fast food restaurants per capita in the whole U.S. <laughs> in the whole U.S. Right. Yeah. So it's not like those fast food restaurants are um, going under. I mean, money has to be pumped into those businesses Absolutely. in order to um, stay open. And so I think that's one that's one indicator. The other one, we've got a huge medical industry um, in this in the Dothan area. We've got Fort Novacil, which is you know, formerly Fort Rucker. Mm-hmm. Locals will tell you it's still Fort Rucker. <laughs> um, but, you know, you've got Fort Rucker here, and that, that's always changing um, because of the people being shipped in and out. But there is um, – there, there are a lot of people who are coming into this market that are supporting the economy. But one of the other things that I absolutely love that I think goes unnoticed is that there are a ton – of small businesses here in Dothan. There's a lot of entrepreneurs. And I think that, you know, you look at that mix, it's okay. It makes sense for us to take those next steps. Like what you were saying, like what mayor Mark was also Mm -hmm. saying is that it's our turn. You know, we need to expand. We need to have this downtown plan. We need to bring in a sports team. And I am super excited that, um, to see what Dothan is going through right now and what Dothan is going to be like in the future. All great stuff. And, and the other thing that really hit me hard, uh, I started to go to every uh, online site that I could that had any duck talk about Dothan. Okay. And I wanted to hear what the citizens were saying about Dothan, you know, how they like the community, how they dislike the community. Because, you know, today people are brutally honest, right? Yeah. They, they don't hide. In fact, it's, it's sometimes fine to find positive comments because people want to be negative. Yeah. And so I was looking at site after site and the information and the theme was the same that people love the area they love dothan their one complaint there's not enough to do yep you know there's not enough entertainment there's not oh yeah so i'm like i'm here i'm reading this i'm like we're coming man like this is <laughs> we're going to contribute to you know entertainment options here in dothan and hopefully we'll be the first step so what can we expect um out of dothan united for the experience so like we buy a ticket we're showing up you know are we tailgating uh, before are we just pulling into the stadium you know what tell us what would you like to see well so a couple of things first of all um you know we're going to go after pure soccer fans second of all because we know there's not going to be pure soccer fans to fill ten thousand seats we're going to go heavily after a wide group of entertainment seeking fans so when you're doing that, you know, we're going to try to achieve two things at once. Number one, I think soccer fans today want to see the true soccer experience. They want the culture of, you know, European soccer. 
I'm right there, man. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're a soccer family. My paternal grandfather was the uh, head coach for the Costa Rican national soccer team oh, awesome. decades ago. I mean, I am so jacked up excited that we're going to have Dothan United here for just that soccer experience. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to the chants. I'm looking forward to the songs that we're singing out there in yes. the stands and the people that we're rooting for, man, I'm beyond excited. So I'm sorry, go ahead. That's okay. And and what you just described is going to take a lot of education, you know, because not everyone here understand it, but a lot of right. people, more and more people do and they want it. Right. Uh, and so for that fan, you know, we are going to build the soccer culture together and as we build our organization what we're going to try to do is include the fans every step of the way so we started with the name of the team contest yep you know why not get the fans involved from day one yeah they can feel part of it you know and Dothan united you know i'm not sure Dothan united would have been my first choice to be honest with you i'm just glad you didn't go with Dothan peanuts <laughs> and that was a popular choice yeah. you know um but people will see you know in our logo when we unveil it you know, there's a there's an ode to peanuts, you know, in the logo. And I'm just gonna cheat and let the cat out the bag a little bit. I okay. saw the logo and it was like I was super excited <laughs> seeing it, man. I think that those versions are really, really good. Oh, but thank you. Thank um, you. so I think you guys are doing a very good job to incorporate um what Dothan is known for, what the wiregrass is known for, and that's you know, peanuts and, and also family fun. Family fun. So part of that growth and part of teaching the culture is every next step of our growth. Uh, we're going to involve our fans. So when we unveil our logo, we're going to do it publicly somewhere and invite our fans to come out to see it. Awesome. When we hire our coach, we're going to do it in a public place, have our fans come out and enjoy and meet the coach and let them see what Dothan's all about. So we're going to build that culture. It's going to take block by block. We're not going to get it done, done in a day, here, right. even a year. Uh, and then things like tailgating. If the city allows us to tailgate, and I think they will, absolutely we're going to, we're going to tailgate. You know? Right. So when people come to the stadium, we're going to have a little something for everybody. We're going to build that soccer culture. We're going to have stuff for the kids. We're going to have a kid zone with inflatables and stuff like that. You know, we're going to do post-game fireworks. Awesome. And you know, right now, there's not many fireworks you know, in Dothan. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so we hope to have a tradition that uh, every Saturday night we'll have, we'll have post-game fireworks as part of it. Yeah. We'll have, we have permission to sell alcohol you know, at the stadium. So we'll have VIP tents. We'll have beer. And for those fans that want to drive a nice cold beer as part of their fan experience, we'll have that. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll have music. You know, we'll we'll have halftime entertainment. Uh, everything's going to be driven for interaction. Right. Know? And we're hoping to build a fun atmosphere uh, from the time the gates open until the time we have to push people out of there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, it's not going to be built in a day. Mm -hmm. But I think what I'm excited about is don't, don't think you're coming out to just a soccer game. You're going right. to come out for a night of full entertainment, and it's going to be a great place. You, know, you always say to yourself, I'd like to do something different this weekend. We hope that's going to be it. Right. Yeah, I think it's it's a great opportunity to bring you know entertainment to a sporting event. Um, I know a lot of a people, a lot of people who would go out to. I think it was like Pensacola to watch the minor league hockey. Yeah. Um, you know, a minor league hockey game and. When I first found out about it, I was like, man, why are you guys going all, all the way out there? I was like, well, because in minor league hockey, you usually, um, what is it, a, a fight or a hockey game breaks out in a minor league hockey fight or something like that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, in, in when... Want to see a fight in a, a hockey game broke out, right? Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, That's yeah. what it is. Sorry. And um, yeah, I mean, we had a minor league hockey team where I grew up in the last couple of years before we left, and I absolutely loved 
those games, man. We have the All Star uh, game in Ontario. Oh yeah, and sure. um, so that All Star game, they also had the the skills contest. I mean, that was a blast. Can't tell you a lick about hockey or any of the rules, Still but I know that. I had a lot of fun. Sure, just rooting and. You know, just getting really involved, being loud and obnoxious and having a great time. And uh, that's something that I'm really looking forward to um, here in Dothan with Dothan United, man. Well, thanks. And ironically, I'm taking about 16 people to the Columbus hockey game this weekend on Saturday. Okay. And it's people from around here that have never seen a hockey game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's people that are either potential sponsors and our community leaders, and we're going to expose hockey to these people because with a new arena coming here someday, you know, we'd like to explore hockey. We'd like to explore bringing hockey here. Yeah, I think that would be a great addition. Um, all right, so we're expecting some family fun. We're expecting some some great soccer and uh, fireworks and, and just a great experience all around, man. So I'm, like I said, I'm super excited. When um, is the tentative uh, opening of the season? I believe it's going to be the second or third weekend in May. Second okay, or, second or third weekend. So, so this is soon. Yeah, it's it's soon. Almost too almost too soon in a way for us. But yeah, uh, that train's yeah. coming. It is coming. And it's going to be coming fast. We had a choice to put it off a year. Yeah, don't you know, do that. No. So let, you know, and you'll see. We're aggressive, so we're we're going to go for it. Good. Um, and and uh, yeah, so we're our schedule is ninety percent done. Okay, uh, it'll be done, and. Uh, announced i would say by the second week of february okay and who so do we know like who we're playing or just you know a couple of the local teams who 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 are we jeering who are we rooting against so our i think our biggest foe this year is going to be Asheville city Asheville, north carolina see i already don't like those guys (laughs) me neither yeah Asheville sucks (laughs) uh but birmingham has a team this year yeah they suck too there we go okay Uh, athens uh georgia uh atlanta east atlanta uh chattanooga okay uh nashville yeah and um i think it's uh marietta okay well yeah. i'm really looking forward to saying nana nana boo boo y'all suck and uh being really loud and obnoxious in the stadium but also you know when it's time uh when it's time for the end of the game and we're in the parking lot i'm going to insist that they go ahead of me so they can get out first <laughs> we're just going to show them that Start southern the hospitality <laughs> yeah yeah no it's in a friendly way i'm talking about the fans you yeah, know it's yeah, it's yeah. uh but, uh, I mean, I love the city of Dothan, and I really want – I root for the city of Dothan because um, I think it's something that's very special, and I think that it's – I'm super excited that we're having something that the whole city can rally behind and root for. Well, you just hit another thing on the head for me. Uh, you know, It's all about pride, you know, and, and pride in the symbol, pride in your city, and uh, nothing like a sports team to help rally the city around – you know something in the cause and that's what i'm really hoping else to bring to Dothan because you can see there's a lot of pride here mm-hmm. you know let's channel that pride and, and get behind our team right right yeah i think that's great man i mean we also have the smaller towns around us that can root for dothan um well you mentioned that too so when we had the name the team contest we were getting the zip codes from all the, the votes and the votes literally were coming from a 40 mile radius uh, around you know the center of Dothan, it, it being new, mm-hmm. I was like I was blown away by that. You right, know? and you know, places like even like Enterprise, probably mm-hmm. 25, 30 percent of the votes were coming from Enterprise. Right, the Ford area, a lot on the east side, you know, a lot mm-hmm. on the north side of the circle and beyond. So right, it, it uh, you know we have a chance to be a regional team here. Yeah, and, uh, and we're going to take that seriously. So you come from a very big city, right? 
relatively big compared to Dothan. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So there's probably so. Um, let me put this in perspective. So like living in Southern California, I lived in Rancho Cucamonga. The distance from Rancho to Los Angeles is the same distance as Dothan is to Enterprise. But Dothan to Enterprise, you know, no traffic, easily right. 30, 35 minutes. Um, so I'm not surprised that, you know, there were a lot of people from a 40 mile radius around Dothan that um, were participating because a lot of those folks, they still come to Dothan for business doctor's appointments, things like that. And, um, you know, one of the other things too, is that we have so many media outlets in the city, mm -hmm. the um, city of size, right? Very yeah. impressive. Actually. I mean, it's, it's market 173. So it's yeah. not a huge market no. according to the Nielsen ratings. However, um, you know, there's still, we, we have credits for like, I think 180 to 220,000 people somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. It always mm -hmm. fluctuates. However, um, you know, we have, WTVY, which is a CBS and NBC station. We have, you know, WDHN, which is an ABC station. We have, you know, I want to say at least five to 10 different radio stations, whether it's country, Christian, sure. you know, pop alternative, whatever the case is. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's a really, really big city, but in a small town. Yeah. And uh, so I think it's a great it's a great area well, for some semi-pro teams. And I, I think what excites me is uh, some minor league teams, as the cities have been getting bigger, have getting lost, get lost with the media, with you know social media and everything else. Here, it's still going to be a big deal. You know, it's, it's still going to be a big deal. And, and that we can all be a bigger fish in a small pond. And uh, and that just really excites me because it brings me back to my roots. Right. Yeah, that's another reason why we're here. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Steve. I'm really excited for you. I'm rooting for you guys. Um, you know, I can't wait to go out to soccer games with my family and see what you guys are bringing. And, um, you know, you always got an invite to come on and uh, tell us what the latest and greatest is and, um, you know, share some more good news about Dothan United. Love to come back as we build our club and – I want to thank you. You were one of the very first people that reached out to me uh, when you know we were announcing that we're coming, and so I, I won't forget the people that you know sought us out to to be part of it and to help us. And I I thank you for that. Well, shucks, man, you you can make a brown man blush, and you're doing <laughs> it right now, man. I appreciate it, and um, you know anything I can do to help you guys out, I'll I'll uh, I'll try to help out any possible way I can, man. But uh, again, thanks for being on the podcast. It's been an honor. Thank you.